This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Warmer weather is on the way. Highs are forecast in the mid-20s to the low 40s today. There is some snow and even some icy conditions seen in portions of northwest Minnesota as we speak. It extends from Canada to the Rosa War Road area, southeast of Bemidji and Grand Rapids. Light freezing rain is a possibility, especially in northern North Dakota, starting this evening. Closed Monday and won't resume trading until the open at 8.30 this morning. Holiday week was a positive one for the ag commodities. Live cattle futures posted their highest weekly close since 2015. Soybeans closed with double-digit gains due to dry weather and planting delays in Argentina. And wheat ended the week higher due to the extreme cold weather across the United States. The grain markets act like a demand low is in place. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo expects traders to add demand premium into the end of the year. You know, why else would we be about 40 cents off the lows in the corn? Why would we be off about 70 cents off the lows in soft red wheat? But do we need to ration demand? And I think that's where we are or that's where we're coming into when we come back from the holidays is we put some premium back in because we took too much out um, and, and some of the macro conditions are improving. But do we need to take this market any higher? And I think that's where... South American weather and China are going to be our top two fundamental factors. Zuzalo does not expect a quiet trade going into the new year. I think we're going to continue to see quite a lot of volatility, and I think we're going to see the funds really try and uh, square up some positions and maybe even add to some of their commodity positions as we get ready for the new calendar year because I think we're looking at probably a, a shift in bias towards more of an inflationary mindset. So you may continue to see some commodity index fund buying. President Joe Biden signing the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. bill includes $3.7 billion for crop and livestock losses that happened this past year. It's also $2.2 billion for international food assistance to promote U.S. agriculture products overseas. USDA is being directed to support voluntary carbon market programs. By the year-end spending bill also allows crop protection companies to pay registration fees to help pesticides move through the registration process faster. Following congressional approval of that omnibus appropriations bill, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack released a statement. Vilsack said the funding bill will prioritize agricultural research and investments and rural development, support carbon solutions, and provide disaster assistance. Vilsack said USDA is also better equipped to move forward with racial justice, equity, and opportunities for the customers it serves. Looking back over the past two years of the Biden administration, South Dakota Senator John Thune is disappointed in the absence of a trade agenda. They haven't requested trade promotion authority, which is what enables them to negotiate free trade agreements. We have huge opportunities in Asia, and you know we're worried about China for a lot of reasons, including national security. And if you, want to, if you want to figure out a way to isolate China, start doing business with all those people in that region. And right now, they're being drawn into China's orbit because the U.S. isn't present. 
Thune said there are Republicans on Capitol Hill that would be willing to work with the administration on trade issues. But so far, they haven't been, there just has been a very, very little interest um, and, uh, in, in expanding trade opportunities for, for our farmers and ranchers. And there's some low-hanging fruit. I mean, there are a couple deals, the, the UK, the EU, um, you know, these are countries of the world that we ought to have trade relationships with and we don't. And I, and I think that's a huge missed opportunity. Chinese President Xi Jinping spoke at a rural conference over the weekend saying the country needs to become self-reliant in agricultural technology. Xi said China needs to improve its science and technology with an emphasis on bringing innovation to the marketplace. A new report from the American Farm Bureau Federation lays out priorities, principles, and recommendations for reforming dairy policy through the 2023 Farm Bill and the current federal milk marketing order. Some of the priorities for the FMMO include returning the Class 1 mover to a high of formula and increasing Class 1 milk differentials to reflect changes in the marketplace. The Farm Bureau report also gives guidance to USDA as it prepares for future hearings on modernizing the milk marketing order system. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The outlook for dry beans is positive. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. NDSU Extension crop economist and marketing specialist Frayne Olson says the growing season turned out better than dry bean producers expected. If we look at just total dry bean production here in North Dakota, we actually had a very good year. Yields were, were very good. I know in talking to both farmers as well as some of the bean dealers, uh, they're very impressed with the yield and yield potential. The color was very good. The quality was good. I really haven't had heard any major complaints. Uh, even though it was a really difficult time trying to get things seeded this last spring and a lot of delayed planning. When we look at the national numbers, when we look at total dry bean production, again, this is from the most recent USDA numbers, up about 11% from last year. Uh, when we look at the total production relative to history, these are still some very good production numbers. Olson says dry bean production ramped up after 2021 when the state recovered from a severe drought year. When we look at the total planted acreage, North Dakota was up just a little bit. Again, I think a lot of that was because of the delayed planting and some prevent plant. Um, There's some challenges this last spring. When we look at total dry bean or pinto bean production, again, as I said, we don't have those numbers. But I do want to, to give you a reference point that, again, 2021, because of the drought, was a very low production year. Um, we've had this kind of seesaw or, or yo-yo effect uh, for total production. Again, this trade-off between planted acreage as well as total production numbers or the, the yield per acre. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Nancy Jo Bateman will retire from her position as Executive Director for the North Dakota Beef Commission December 30th. After more than 30 years with the organization, Bateman reflects on her role in the Beef It's What's for Dinner marketing campaign. I think one of the exciting things in, personally to me was that, I don't know why, but they tapped me to be on the committee that actually interviewed advertising agencies when we had just started the national checkup. And so I was involved in helping to get the agency that finally er, that it evolved to Beef It's What's for Dinner. And so I really feel ownership of that, which is, which is cool. 
Bateman says her time spent educating consumers was what she enjoyed most. I mean, we're the beef it's what's for dinner people now, and we own dinner. But over my career, I think the one thing that I've really, really enjoyed is actually teaching consumers about beef. In the 80s, for the beef people to come into the room with a group of dietitians or nutrition professionals, that was a, a scary place because beef was not looked at as a healthful product, nor were eggs or dairy products, because cholesterol was just a bad thing. Now we work hand-in-hand with the Heart Association, the Dietetics Association, the nutrition councils around the country. They know that we have done the work. They know that it can be a healthful part of our lifestyle. Wheat seed buying decisions have moved earlier and earlier in the year. Westbred Cereal Account Management lead Jeff Kosani. Yeah, I think it's it's dynamics. Obviously, you know, a lot of farmers are are planting their whole farm, so they're making their corn uh, hybrid decisions, their soybean varieties decisions, and they're making their wheat decisions all at the same time, making sure that they they get it all booked and 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 get a plan. Right? Sometimes plans change. We all know that, but uh, you know, I think that's driving a lot of it. Colsenny encourages farmers to lock in that seed as soon as possible. Supplies are are really tight in the eastern part of North Dakota and Minnesota. As we go out west um, with some of our key products out there, we still have supply, um, but it's starting to to get tight too. Nine in every ten farmers participates in the federal crop insurance program. Rural Community Insurance Services head of sales, Jeff Barr, says there are also private products that narrow any gaps in coverage. Barr says farmers should be contacting their crop insurance agents soon. So that they can talk about differences from last year to this year, because there are some. And there are coverages that are out there to, to meet those unique needs of each farmer. So absolutely, it's very important. Now's the time to do it. There are tools to help farmers deal with rising farm input costs. Uh, for example, there's margin protection. And what that would be is a farmer's gross revenue and then there are expenses, and there's a gap there. So we have an insurance product called Margin Protection that helps them with that. For example, input costs, fertilizer, you know, fuel, these things are much higher than what they typically have been. So a lot of times farmers want those supplemental coverages. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. An opportunity for youth interested in beef production to learn more about calving will be offered by NDSU Extension this week. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. North Dakota youth ages 13 to 18 are invited to participate in the North Dakota State University Extension Junior Beef Producers Webinar, December 28th at 1.30 p.m. Foster County Extension agent Jeff Gale says it's a chance for young people to learn more about the beef industry. So we've asked Dr. Jerry uh, Stucka, who's the extension veterinarian specialist with NDSU, to speak with young people about the calving process, uh, what's normal, and uh, what they can expect and what to do in case of difficulty. Uh, that'll be in the first part of the webinar. And in the second part, um, we've asked him to bring up some points that uh, should be considered in regard to diagnosing disease among young cats. Gail says there's no cost to the one-hour program, but pre-registration is required. There's no fee for this webinar, but we do require pre-registration so that we can uh, send out the Zoom link to each individual. There are two different ways uh, to get the information. If you just want to do a search on the internet, for NDSU Winter Webinar, 
uh, that, that this uh, Junior Beef Producers webinar will come up in that search. Or you could call uh, your local county extension office and they'd be able to get the link for the registration to you as well. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. The Personal Consumption Expenditure Index is viewed by the Federal Reserve as the best measure of inflation. The PCE rose just one-tenth of one percent in November, make, uh, marking it as the fifth month in a row in which inflation eased after peaking over the summer. But while the rate of inflation is coming down, it might not be fast enough for the Federal Reserve. Fed Bank still plans to raise interest rates even higher to slow the economy and uh, avoid an economic crash. Of course, markets are closed until we get to that 8.30 open this morning. Uh, markets have been closed since uh, Friday, so a long holiday weekend here, of course, in the marketplace. As we check the farm calendar, the North Dakota Ag Commissioner's Noxious Weed Forum is coming up Tuesday, January 3rd, one week from today. That'll be held in Bismarck. The Lake Region Extension Roundup will be held January 4th and 5th. That will be held in Devil's Lake, a wide variety of topics, everything from a small grain variety update to an outlook with weed control, the ins and outs of subsurface drainage, land and machinery values and trends, and more. Also, as we look to the farm calendar, Potato Expo is coming up in Aurora, Colorado. The Red River Farm Network will be broadcasting from that event. It's January 4th and 5th, coming up next week. And the North Dakota Angus Association has its state select sale on the 7th of January. That will be taking place in Mandan. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.